What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Dean Dome Sports. This is Mike Dean. We are in Super Bowl week. The Super Bowl will be played Sunday between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. If you had those two two teams playing each other in the beginning of the year and bet it, I believe you would be a rich man right now. Nobody had that. Sorry. No, nobody picked it. Um, before we get into the Super Bowl, I want to touch on something that happened this past Saturday. Um, we're getting into college basketball, the meat of the college basketball season here. Uh, March Madness right around the corner. Uh, the biggest rivalry in college basketball happened Saturday in Chapel Hill, North Carolina for Duke UNC Tar Heels, the Duke Blue Devils versus the Tar Heels. Um, it happened to be Mike Shishevsky, Coach Mike Shishevsky's uh, last game coaching in the Dean Smith Center on Chapel Hills at Chapel Hill, and. Gotta say that some of the fans really showed a lack of respect for a long, you know, a coach that's been coaching Duke now for over three decades, probably four decades, close to close to that now. Um, this is not really a bad look uh, from some of those fans. Now, I'm being a Tar Heel fan myself. Uh, I will say that it was more or less probably from the student section and some of them students probably, you know, aged 21 or younger. Um, still, it's a bad look. Still, you know, I don't even really think, you know, booing and cursing Coach K, the, then the... the Got to show a little more class than that as a fan. And, you know, I can speak pretty well about fan bases that that have tended to walk the the line of bad taste, say, uh, as a Philly fan in the four major sports. I've seen it. I've never taken part really in that. You know, I boo. Everybody boos when their team doesn't play well or, you know, when when they lose. That happens. But, sorry, when you're paying, when, when you're paying respects to a legendary coach, and I'm pretty sure that the previous legendary coaches that have coached the Tar Heels whenever they went into the um, Cameron Indoor Stadium for the last time 
and were recognized. I'm pretty sure you didn't hear too many, like, boos. Like, you might have. But for the most part, I believe the Duke Cameron crazies didn't get too crazy and paid their respects. So you would think, to, to Dean Smith and Roy Williams, you would think Tar Heels fans... And the Tar Heels fans that I know tend to, you know, bust bust big time balls on Duke fans. Again, wasn't a good look. And uh, you know, I'm not saying that any of my friends who are Tar Heels fans took part in it. I would hope not. Uh, anyway, just that that's just dumb. But uh. You know, in a national sense, it really, it really was not a, a very classy thing to do, and and just not, you know, no, there's no point. I mean, and other fan bases have, have have given it to Coach K over the years, like the Marylands and and whatnot. But still, you know, the guy's a legend. Um, won national championships, won gold medals. In the Olympics, I mean, you don't have to like the guy, but you got to give him his due. Just like Tom Brady, you don't have to like the guy, but you got to give him his due. It's basically my piece on that. <laughs> Just, it was, a, it was a bad look by uh, my Tar Heel fans there. Now we're going to go, now we're going to move on and go into the Super Bowl. Give you some analysis on that. Um, again, the Cincinnati Bengals, very highly improbable run that they are on against the Los Angeles Rams. And it's in their home stadium, SoFi Energy Stadium. Two years in a row now we have a a team basically playing a home game in the Super Bowl. So... Um, it's a, this is a tough call, really. To, to, if you look at it, to, you know both teams kind of, you know, on field play and and one and and stuff, kind of similar in a sense. I will say offensively that Cincinnati runs the ball better in a general sense and is more success running the ball. And that, which I believe has led to them winning their playoff games. That and defense. Their defense has stepped up and stopped some pretty good teams along the way. And even, you know, defensively has stopped the other teams from running the ball. You know, the Raiders with Josh Jacobs, Titans with Derrick Henry. And then in the AFC Championship against the Chiefs, even though Andy Reid historically has 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 a has a pretty hard time running the ball in big games, just doesn't do it. And you look at Andy's Andy Reid's record in big games; it shows. I mean, he, he he does not have a really good track record when it comes to the biggest the biggest game the games on the biggest stage. You know, you know, he did win his his Super Bowl a few years ago. But 
and that'll be the butt. Everything else, he loses. Four other previous Super Bowls, four or five other previous Super Bowls that he's been to, lost, 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 lost. Oh, I... Yeah, and... I don't even know if it was that many, though. The championship games, the AFC and NFC championship games that he's been to, that, 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 that's been like your five or six times or whatever. Loss, 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 loss. You know, one win, one win. You're talking like his record in, 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 champion, in the conference championship games is like two and five or two and six. It's not good. That's no, it's not good. He does have his one Super Bowl win. I'll give him that. He is, but um, to to call him a legend or to call him, you know, the all the accolades that he gets as in the coaching realms. Yeesh. He 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 could get the job done in the regular season, but when it comes to the postseason, not so much. The guy, the the Bengals have the Joe Burrow factor going on, which gotta say that, and I and I hate to give this guy uh, props, but I just saw it a, a, uh, about an hour ago uh, on his show, Colin Coward, and he did bring up a really good point that the the, the NFL MVP is probably going to Aaron Rodgers for the most part this year. So you're basically not even going to take into account the playoff games that happened where Joe Burrow has led a team that last year finished 4-11-1 and and he won their division. They, they won their division at 10-7, and but... You know, they weren't a number one seed. They weren't even a number two seed or a three seed. They were the four seed. And they, you know, after beating the Raiders, they had to go to Tennessee to to win. You know, who was the number one overall seed in the AFC. And after that, had to go into Kansas City, which has a one of the... the, the you know, the crazy home field advantages that you'll ever hear. So for him to do that, shouldn't he be considered for the NFL MVP, I think? The playoffs should be taken into account, as well as Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year, I've been hearing all, and and it still seems to be that, that consensus that it's going to go to Mike Vrabel. And, you know, not to discount what he did, you know, throughout the season by giving the Titans the number one overall seed at 12 and 5. Still, the coaching job that Zach Taylor did, who was almost fired last year, by the way, after going 4 11 and 1, goes 10 and 7. What a turnaround. And takes his team to the Super Bowl through, through the playoffs. That's your coach of the year. That is your coach of the year. So Zach Taylor and 
Joe Burrow should be getting Coach of the Year and NFL MVP, in my opinion. You got to count the playoffs. Why, why would you have those awards if you don't count the playoffs? It doesn't make any damn sense. My rant on that. Um, the Rams, you know, with Matthew Stafford, that's a good story. As he's played so many years in Detroit on so many losing teams. Um, kind of have a similar offense as the Bengals a little bit. They, they, everything comes off the run. I'm a proponent of the run. You know, the, the running the ball in the postseason. If you if you succeed in that, you usually win. The Bengals are showing that. Now the Rams, on the other hand, have been pretty much, I would say, more doing it defensively. Um, they do. I mean, they do try to run the ball. With Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers, Cam Akers coming back has has helped quite a bit, even though he has turned the ball over with fumbling. He has kind of fumbling issues. I would watch for that in this game. Um, but really, it's their passing game that 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 that's won them the, their games. You know, Cooper Cup is a star. He led the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Um, why he's not being considered for MVP, by the way. He should he should that should merit some consideration there a little bit, I think, too. Um The addition of Odell Beckham has helped in the sense where, you know, giving him another outside target. They needed that once Robert Woods went down. Um Van Jefferson's been, you know, a, a decent wideout in the slot, but they they clearly needed another outside guy, and and Odell Beckham has has fulfilled that role. <coughs> so it's you know, it's kind of like a same recipe, you know, whichever team runs the ball better. You're going to be able to do play action off of that and and make big plays, your big plays off of the run. Um, the Rams D has been susceptible to teams that stick with the that run the ball well and stick with the run. That has been a recipe for success against them in their losses this year. Um, so. My key to the Super Bowl is going to be Cincinnati's ability to run the ball with Joe Mixon against that defense for the the Rams. Because that defense for the Rams could can, can, can definitely defend on in the past. They can pass rush with Aaron Donald and Von Miller. And then you had Jalen Ramsey covering Jamar Chase. So how they how how Cincinnati counters that is going to be key. I I, I would look at also maybe a, a T. Higgins to have a big game because Jalen Ramsey's going to be blanketing Jamar Chase. Um, on the other side, I, you know, I think Cincinnati's D. 
should just basically continue to play how they played against Kansas City, I would probably, on their end, play the pass a little more and tell the Rams, hey, run the ball against this. See if you can do it. Teams haven't been able to do it in the playoffs against them, so it would stand to reason that, you know, Cincinnati, that, that the Rams probably won't be as successful running the ball against Cincinnati in this game. Um, if they are, then that's the recipe for success easily for the Rams. If they get success running the ball against Cincinnati, then you, that opens everything up for Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham. Um, the line in this game is four and a half. I think since he covers it, and I think Cincinnati wins. On a last second field goal by Evan McPherson, 27-24. That's just one of that. It's what I see. Uh, it could go either way. I could see the Rams winning a close game too. I just don't see a blowout here. I, I, I think the teams are just too evenly matched, really. That's... That's just my take on it. I, I, I don't think it's going to get any crazy. I, I, I don't see a blowout coming. I just don't. Another good part of the Super Bowl is, you know, and let's be real here. This podcast originated off of, you know, off of the first episode you know, was a advice for betting on daily fantasy through golf. Which brings me uh, to something I should have talked about earlier. Happy one-year anniversary to Dean Dome Sports, the podcast. It was really brought to my attention on my uh, Facebook memories. It popped up where a buddy of mine was excited about my first podcast. My first podcast, if you go back, all I did was talk about some uh, advice for navigating through DraftKings and FanDuel in betting uh, in betting the DFS realm there on, on the, in PGA Tour Golf. You know. So, off of that... Again, happy one-year anniversary to me. I'm going to probably try and do these podcasts as much as possible. I, I would love to be able to do week, you know, week to week. Sometimes that's, that's just going to be hard for me to do, given my, uh, what, you know, what I do f for a living, you know, and then when my son starts playing sports in the spring again, I'm gonna I'm gonna wanna watch him. So So when you have the Super Bowl, you you know you have your your you know your box your box pools and blah blah blah. But the uh the interesting thing the last probably the last ten to twenty years or so are are the in you know the the, the intriguing prop the, the prop bets, the uh, the the you know the bets you can make on the you know other than just betting on the game itself, um, 
So some of the ones that I saw on DraftKings on their sports book, I'll share with you guys. Um, the first interesting one I saw, pretty funny, I think. Eddie Kick to hit the uprights. Yes at plus 400. No at minus 550. So you know what? Not necessarily for Evan McPherson to hit the uprights, but, you know, in a game that you think could be, uh, you know, nip and tuck and tightly contested, two really good defenses, by the way, yeah, you could, you might have a game where, you, you know, the kicker's, you know, three or four field goal attempts. Maybe one hits the upright. So that would be an interesting one to uh, choose there. The color of Gatorade poured on the winning coach. And I'm going to give you all of these ones. So <laughs> Again, you could go on the, the DraftKings Sportsbook to look for look these up or any of the other sportsbooks. They'll have this stuff. Uh, clear slash water at plus 200. Orange at plus 300 that would be an interesting one to you know if you bet if you're going to bet Cincinnati in the line and Cincinnati to win probably stand to reason that the Gatorade being poured on Zach Taylor if they win would be orange just saying uh, yellow slash yellow green yellow or green plus 350 blue plus 400 now that would be an interesting one if you bet the Rams to win, and the Rams win, I'd probably see blue Gatorade. I'm just saying. Uh, none. An interesting one at plus five hundred. Red or pink at plus a thousand, and purple plus twelve hundred. Now this was a an interesting prop bet I saw that I. I tried to do some research on about it, and I don't get what's going on here. Um, um, I didn't know the Detroit Red Wings were, were participating in this, but you know, for any of you hockey fans, when I once I say this prop bet, it'll it'll become abundantly clear to you guys uh, in that realm. But will there be an octopus? Yes, at plus fourteen hundred. No at minus 2,500. I have no idea what that is all about. I got no clue. Basic Google search gave me nothing really to go from. Um, Ah, whatever. (laughs) But I had to include it because it's one of the funnier prop bets I've ever heard of before. (laughs) And... One that I probably will take part in uh, putting a little little scratch on is uh, your your uh, odds for Super Bowl MVP. Now, I didn't go through every single one because there, there, there were some names in the, in the more obscure and the bigger values that, yeah, I just don't really see as a possibility. I I pretty much put down all the ones that I could see as a possible as a possibility for winning winning the award. So here you go. It's a uh, Stafford at plus a hundred, 
Joe Burrow at plus 225. So basically, they're along with the line, they're kind of leaning toward, Vegas is kind of leaning towards favoring the Rams here. Uh, Cooper Cup at plus 600. Uh, Aaron Donald at plus 1600. Jamar Chase at plus 1800. Odell Beckham Jr. at plus 2800. Cam Akers plus 3,500. Joe Mixon is the one I'm looking at. Plus 4,500. Along the lines of what I'm saying and my pick, Cincinnati, if Cincinnati can run the ball and the Los Angeles Rams defense has been susceptible to it, I could see, I could see a Joe Mixon uh, MVP there. And... Technically, for the most part, in your Super Bowl games, it's not necessarily your your big name players that, that that win a lot. You know, you know, Tom Brady's aside, you know, last year and 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 in previous ones, you know, sometimes an obscure name comes out of nowhere, like your Timmy Smiths, Ricky Sanders, uh And, uh, you know, et cetera. So, you know, T. Higgins plus 4,500. Vaughn Miller plus 4,500. Sonny Michelle plus 8,000. Tyler Boyd plus 9,000. Van Jefferson plus 10,000. And Jalen Ramsey plus 10,000. Again, if you go in the sports book, you'll see all, all the different players that are listed and the numbers. There's, there's some that are down that are, uh, twenty five thousand, but you know, there there there's some obscure names there. So those are your basic, you know, basically your 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 Super Bowl betting uh prop bets, and for the MVP, um. Again, I, 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 my pick is Cincinnati 27-24 over the Rams. I think it's going to be close. And an Evan McPherson kick at the end. Now, everybody, what you've all been waiting for, really. Come on. I'm going to give you guys my daily fantasy DraftKings and FanDuel picks for the PGA's Phoenix Open. It's a it's a big tournament. Um, in their Pacific uh, schedule, it's it's one that uh, generally draws really big crowds. Um, the fact that they're having it though on Super Bowl week is a little sketchy in my opinion, but it'll give you something to watch leading up to the Super Bowl. On Sunday, um, your defending champion is Brooks Kepka, and he's also a two-time winner. So, off of that, I'm going to give you my DraftKings lineup. Um, who I picked, you'll see a, th- a a bit of a common theme for the your your top tier guys. Um, this is pretty much. I I usually go off of a CBS 
sports site. Uh, it's on their CBS uh, Sports Link. Uh, this guy, Mike McClure, usually does a, an algorithm and then usually gives you his top pick, um, a dark horse, and a guy that he thinks will, will a top pick that you would normally pick but would normally go, but it probably won't finish in the top 10. The last few weeks, he's been a little off, so I'm not even paying attention to him this week. And I'm going on my gut, and my basically my gut for both DraftKings and FanDuel is to go with guys that have decent track records on this course and the tournament, guys that have either won before or finished runner-up before. That's, that's kind of been my theme running in, and, and I've been able to find some guys that, at least in the top tier, you know, at least the top three or four guys, uh, tend to be guys that have done well on this course, done well in this tournament, in recent memory. So, so DraftKings, 10,400 is going to be Hideki Matsuyama. He won here in 2016 and 2017, was a runner-up uh, the year before his first victory there at 2015. So, he, I mean, this guy this, this guy does well in this course. Um, similar guys at that price range were John Rahm, who I believe was... 11,000 or over 11,000. I mean, you were, you were going to have, you were going to have to pay a top price to get him. I mean, you could go with him. He, he's basically every, every, uh, tournament he enters, he's basically a top five guy or even top three. So, I mean, you could go with him, but the, the, the rest of your lineup is going to reflect that because you're not going to be able to afford too many even middle-tier guys. I mean, so my second guy at 9,400, kind of a shock to me that he's that low. It's going to be your defending champ, Brooks, Brooks Kepka, who's a two-time winner on that on this course. So I feel I'm getting him at a very, very cheap rate. Usually in DraftKings, you know, you, you, you pick a top-tier guy, you're not going to be able to afford a really, really good player like that in the 9,000 range. So that I'm ecstatic that he's my second pick. The third pick at 8,600, Webb Simpson. He won here in 2020 and was the runner-up here in 2017. Another guy with a good track record here. And he's in the middle values, basically. So... I'm, I'm very happy to have him on. I'm very happy to pick him at that price. Uh, fourth guy, seven thousand five hundred. Siwoo Kim. Now, this isn't necessarily a guy who has a great track record on this course and this tournament per se, but he has six top twenty fives in his last nine starts. Five of those top 20s and four of those top 15s. So this is a guy that's kind of been lurking at the top of the leaderboard, you know, so far this year. Um, 
lurking around the top 10. Kind of a guy that I'm going to take a flyer on and think maybe he breaks through here and, you know, makes a run at it. That's going to be, that's, that's basically my line of thinking there for him. Uh, my fifth guy, 7,100. Now we're getting into the lower tier range here. Aaron Wise. With him, he's been top 26 or better in five of his last six starts. Basically, anytime he's entered a tournament this year, he's finishing around the top 25. So, and with those three top 15s and two top 10s. So, again, another guy that has been lurking around near probably your second page of the leaderboard type of guy and you know could break through and be like a first time winner and 6 at 6900 again you know down in this range you're not finding too many uh big name players you're not finding too many guys that are you know necessarily contenders to win there are there were a few others at lower prices that I could have picked who actually did well last week at Pebble Beach, but start I'm starting to see a trend with some of those guys that they're more or less good every other week. So I'm holding off on a few of them. So I went this week with Hudson Swafford. He won the American Express Championship last month. So basically, I'm just taking a flyer on a guy under 7,000, but who has already won a tournament this year. So, again, I think he could break, you know, he could be another guy that could break through and win this week. Real quick, uh, my FanDuel ones. Number one at 11,500, Hideki Matsuyama, for all the reasons I stated in DraftKings. Uh, two, 11,400, Xander Shoffley, who was the runner-up last year. He, th- This is a guy who uh, I think I've said in before on some of these, he, he tends to he tends to finish second a lot. And he's due to break through and win one. So three eleven thousand two hundred Brooks Kepka, your defending champ. Four at nine thousand Brandon Grace. He's the runner up in this tournament in two thousand nineteen. So he's got a, a recent track record of success here. And then my last two at eight thousand eight hundred Aaron Wise and. At 8,000, Hudson Swafford. So those are my picks for your DFS. Again, you could go with guys like John Rahm. Patrick Cantlay's in this tournament. He's a guy who every tournament that he has entered this year, he's top five, top ten. But, I mean, he's expensive. Um, another t- expensive one's Justin Thomas. Um, For me... Justin Thomas 
it seems tends to play or play better anyway in your Florida swing than the Pacific than your Pacific swing. So I, I'm holding off on Justin Thomas. Not that I couldn't see him winning this tournament. He probably he you know because I said that he'll probably wind up winning. That's just how it goes with me. Um, I believe Mickelson's in this one. He's he's won this tournament three times, but uh, you know since he won the PGA Championship last year, he really hasn't done much. He hasn't really done much since. So yeah, it was it was it was awesome that he won won another major last year, but then. After that, he's kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit. So I'm staying away from him. Um, let's see some. Other, uh, let me see some other players here. It's not going to let me show him. Oh, well. But that's it. That's that's my... Uh, those are my DFS picks for the PGA this week. Mr. Pete, I will be sending them to you shortly. <laughs> um, again, yeah. Super, my Super Bowl picks... Cincinnati to beat the Rams 27-24. Um, and I will be throwing a little bit at uh, a couple of the prop bets. Uh, I'm probably going to pick any kick to hit the uprights. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a little bit at yes. Uh, and the color Gatorade to be orange. And your Super Bowl MVP will be Joe Mixon. At plus 4,500. So, that will conclude the podcast for this week. I will see you, hope to see you next week where we will break down what happened at the Super Bowl on Sunday. And and then it should be uh, the Genesis Open for Genesis Tournament for PGA, which usually happens at Riviera, another big tournament. So thanks for listening and hope you tune in next week.